Hey, I'm Jordan Bell, and this is First You Hustle, a podcast from the Columbus College of Art and Design meant to help students and creative professionals put their expertise to use. When it comes to creative work, often the end goal is to ultimately work for yourself. But getting to the point where you feel you have enough skills, connections, and a deep portfolio that will appeal to bringing in your own business and starting your own solo design studio, well, that takes a lot of time. Sometimes many years, sometimes only a couple. Today's guest has started out on her own only a couple years after graduating and did so in the midst of a pandemic. I'm Audrey Steeman. I'm a graphic designer and illustrator and kind of somewhat a motion designer, trying to get more into that, um, based here in Columbus, Ohio. I, uh, I graduated from CCAD in the fall of 2018. I was an ad graph major. Um, at first, I was an illustration major for a semester, um, but didn't take very long until I realized that using ad graph was like the best route to, to kind of facilitate my illustration interests and stuff too. Audrey Steeman knows the value of hustle. Since graduating in 2018, she has been doing, well, a little bit of everything, working for creative agencies, working in-house at a startup, and now she's spun out on her own running Audrey Steeman Design and Creative. Underneath Audrey's creative passion, you'll see there's a regimen of always learning, always improving, and always connecting. This is something she's very dedicated to, but also very genuine. The plan to spin out on her own came after briefly contemplating something entirely different. Yeah, and it's funny too, because there is actually a small part of that roadmap that I don't talk very often about, but it did happen where I was actually going to go into the military at one point, and not many people know that. It was something that I always thought was going to be part of my roadmap too. And then I was, I was like a day away from actually signing a contract into it. And, uh, and something, it was just a gut feeling. I was like, you know, this doesn't feel right. There is, I think it was a job that I was going to be put into. I was just like, you know, this isn't, this isn't right. And I totally ditched it. And I think, I think it was like late 2019 where I was like in this process, I was doing like a lot of training and all this, all this stuff. It's, it's funny to talk about it because I honestly forget about it sometimes. You have family in the Mm -hmm. military. So you come from a military family and was that where that was coming from? Yeah, I'd say that's definitely a heavy influence. My mom, she was in the military since she was out of high school. So, so she's a Colonel now and she's actually about to retire um, and then my dad was in the Navy and my brother's in the Air Force now. So there was definitely that family influence and wanting to kind of like, you know, carry that torch a little bit, but also just that, that you know, sense of service and, and wanted to, you know, do something for my country, the whole patriotic, this and that. But um, but it, it's funny because it's such an opposite side of like being an artist and being a creative and everything. But um, but yeah, it was just that gut feeling that that made me say like, I don't I don't think this is what what I'm supposed to be doing right now and which is totally fine and so from that I was like okay freelance is definitely the goal I was thinking about it there was like kind of that mental debate and everything and uh, and I was just being pulled towards that so much more and um, from there is uh, me saying like yeah I'm already kind of doing it on the side I always did freelance gigs and and just you know, for the sake of um, doing something different and earning a little extra money and just having that other person, that other client in the back uh, of my pocket and everything. And from there, I was going to take the leap like a couple months after that. So if I'm getting the timeline right. (laughs) So I said no to the military in like December of 2019. And then 2020, of eight, like April 2020, I was going to say, okay, I'm taking the leap. And my whole team knew, which was, which is great because they were very supportive of it. And 
Um, they just wanted to see me thrive and they knew that like I was supposed to be doing freelance anyway, but then COVID, COVID happened. <laughs> As we all know, we were all there. And so that happened in March and that's where I had to take a step back and I was like, oh man, should I do this? Like, I don't know if this is a good time to be doing uh, freelance right off the bat with all this going on. Cause you know, especially creatives, like we didn't know what was going to happen that year and um, if it was going to be successful or not. And, um, and so I said, okay, like maybe I just take, take some time. I don't know when exactly I'll do this, but I know it's going to be coming up whenever it will. And I'll just take the year or so and just kind of just learn do some more like side gigs if anything comes up, but I'm just going to like just heads down and just learn as much as I can. And that was, um, that was a lot of, you know, podcasts, a lot of YouTube channels that were very focused on freelancing and having your own business and design and all those things. The future was one that I, I heavily recommend. I watched a lot of their stuff and even just like administrative stuff that I was learning along the way, like making your own spreadsheets for things and just setting yourself up financially and, and learning how much money like do I need to have saved up before I feel ready for this. Um, but for me, I always want to have more of a buffer for that too. So, so I always try to have like a plan for everything and, and try and set myself up for success as much as I can. I know that there's a lot of variables that are just kind of out of your hands, especially with COVID and being on your own and, and all that stuff. But yeah, it was just as much trying to do as much prep work as possible. Let's back up a little and review the work history that helped Audrey get to this point. The concept of your work environment is usually very fluid as a designer. I've spoken with students before who say, I want to avoid freelance as much as possible. When the truth is, freelance is often unavoidable. Even while working for someone full-time, you'll inevitably get hit up for freelance by someone, either someone professionally who connects with you or someone personally who knows you. Hint, I bet you'll get asked to design wedding invitations at some point. Even when working for others, sometimes you're in an agency, sometimes in-house, sometimes it's a startup or could be a big corporation. Sometimes you're one of many designers. Sometimes you are the creative designer that works within a larger marketing team. And of course, there's everything in between. In fact, often our career takes off before we even know that it's left the station. Yeah, where do you, where do you kind of pin the start of your career? Oh man, <laughs> fifth grade. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah. So back in college, um, and I, I tried to stay very involved with things. I was in the ad graph collective for a while. And then uh, I think it was my junior year that I was the president of it. So that was really fun and staying involved with everyone. And, you know, the whole networking scene and, and knowing the, the real professionals of Columbus and CSCA and all that. And so still staying in touch with all of those people even after graduating has been awesome um it's crazy how how important and just very present like the networking scene is and how actually like it is very present um and it's great that ccad has always been one to kind of push the students to to get doing that early because it really does help a lot i mean it's it's gotten me to do freelancing like almost right out of college so um so yeah, i would definitely you know advocate for that for sure but um, but yeah, I, um, trying to think back, I mean, my first kind of jobs really started at CCAB with like the agency kind of keeping it, you know, more like in house. And then my first and only internship was at uh, space junk media. And I was kind of their creative assistant for about a year. I was asked to be kind of the lead designer at all of AI, which is like over on like main street and like third, I think, um, it's like right over in, uh, in downtown, but 
Um, but a woman that worked at Space Junk, she ended up going to Olive and then kind of recruited me from that. So again, the whole networking thing, it really does come around full circle. I was like the only designer in marketing <laughs> for a year and a half. It wasn't until like a year in or so where they started adding a couple more designers and I got more help. It was definitely the most different kind of 180 experience going from being an internet space junk where it was a, a small little studio, creative studio of like 30 people or so to almost over 200 people in, in one building, a little more corporate. Um, being an in-house working on one brand. So it's definitely a very different experience. And I'm very thankful to have both of them. So I could kind of, you know, compare and see like, do I prefer studio or like in-house more? And some people prefer one over the other just for like consistency sake or or having that variety and everything. And for me, I was like, I, I always love the variety. I love being able to start and end a project and start something different. It also sounds like yeah. with Space Junk, you know, you're working with 30 other creative designers and professionals. And you said you were the only designer at Olive or the only graphic designer. So yeah, within marketing, uh, there's a bunch of strategists and analysts and stuff like that, people that love spreadsheets. And for me, I was like, I just know how to make this stuff look pretty. So <laughs> so, so there, it was a very interesting perspective to, to have those two different experiences. But from that, I think Olive really solidified like, what's the next step, you know, because I don't, I didn't necessarily see myself looking to work at another studio because that's what I would have gone back to. But it was just, I don't know, I was always doing freelance side gigs, even in college. And uh, I just loved being able to have that control of like that face-to-face -face time with the client and having the social skills, practicing those, but also doing the work and, and getting better at that stuff. So yeah, it was just it was just always kind of known of like, okay, like I'm going to do my own thing. I just don't know when. So was that like a, a light switch? Like one day you're working full time and then the next day you're full freelance? Honestly, no, it was not. I kind of wish it was. I mean, there were there were definitely some hard days and especially during COVID too and all of us learning how to work in that kind of environment and being home all the time and which I loved. I loved working from home. It was great. I'm also with my boyfriend too at the time and I was at his place and so we were all we were both learning how to work from home and it was definitely a slow burn. And I think too, with Olive, there's a lot of turnover of people, new people come in, old people go out. And so there's new people all the time. And, um, and we didn't have like a good, like we didn't have a creative or art director for the longest time. So there was a lot of just lack of guidance, like design wise for me, because like I knew, um, like, yeah, I'm a designer, I'm kind of the only design lead here, like creatively, that can kind of visually help with with things. But the same time, like, I don't know everything either. I just graduated from college. And, and so having some of that, that help would have would have been good early on. But later on, obviously, like, halfway through, we, we got, we got that guidance and, and talking to them and being transparent about, hey, just so you know, like, this isn't my my forever job, like, I was gonna go freelance earlier this year. Um, but you know, with COVID and everything, and they're very supportive of that. They love seeing people that they work with, you know, take life into their own hands and, and do their own thing and stuff. So, so there was there was always kind of a plan for that. I just didn't know when exactly. And then it was it was like the end of last year where I, I gave you know my boss the heads up, and she was super happy for me, and um, and they sent me off and everything. When you left Olive, did you have any uh, clients or, you know, projects that were already lined up or maybe that you're already working on? Or was it like complete like, okay, I'm starting from complete zero and need to build it up? 
Yeah. So luckily, um, I mean, that is kind of the benefit of like doing a bunch of side gigs beforehand is, you know, kind of planting that seed with, with people that, you know, I'm going to be going freelance soon. So just, you know, if there's ever any future projects and that kind of thing. Um, and obviously being very like active on LinkedIn and social media and just showing people that like I am working on stuff uh, helped a lot too. But yeah, I think there was like one or two projects that was kind of already happening by the time I, I left Olive. Um, and then it was, it was really funny. I, uh, I think it was like the very first week I was getting like emails and it was really just a lot of referrals of, of people that I knew that, you know, sent other people my way, which was awesome. That's always what you want to see. And, and that's the whole point of making good connections and building those bridges and stuff is, um, people put in a good word for you. Um, but yeah, so luckily there was a, there was a couple things already lined up and then, I was just kind of working away on those, trying to get, you know, my system in place and get a rhythm going. And I'm still getting that rhythm going. It's, <laughs> it's definitely a, it's definitely a process. That sudden onset of work leads wasn't magic. Doing this type of work isn't if you build it, they will come. You need to build it and connect it. If you're connected with Audrey on social media, like LinkedIn, for example, you'll always see something new she has in the works, an update on a font type, a design for new logo, testing out motion or animation tools. It seems there's always something cooking and it's never the exact same recipe. And this kind of activity isn't self-promoting, it's wholesome. Just sharing a concept that might not be fully developed or remarking about learning a new skill or tool or showing how a sketch turned into a sticker or a t-shirt design the posts don't end with hire me, please. They just share. And yet it's this very thing that leads lots of people to reach out to her and say, let us hire you, please. I go on LinkedIn, for example, it's interesting to see something you're trying out and, and um, you know, something you've learned or thought that you have. And might not be that moment that I'm like, oh, I need to reach out to you and, and hire you for mm -hmm. something. But then when something does pop up that fits in with your skill set, it's easy for me to say like, hey, you should check this out or, oh, you're exactly the person I need for this type of project. So it's almost like planting seeds. You know, you, you, Absolutely. you forget about the seeds under the ground and then spring comes and everything starts sprouting and you're like, <laughs> oh, where did all this come from? We've well, been the planting perfect the metaphor. <laughs> yeah. And it takes, yeah. it takes time. And it, I was going through, um, you know, I, every, pretty much everything you have online. Uh, looking at all the activity that you've been doing and you've been uh, putting in a good coming up on a year of just constantly sharing out and adding to your website and building things out. So looking at where it is now, um, you know, I, I wonder if, I don't know if you can remember what your website first looked like, but um, what's that progress been like over the year? If you, cause you track so much stuff. I don't know if you've, if you've ever taken a second to pause and say like, what, what have I done this year and actually look at everything that you've, you've put up there. I, I'm definitely a very like reminiscent kind of person. I do love to take a minute and just pause and then look back every now and then. I think it's a super important thing to to do for oneself, especially as a creative, just because we can get so caught up in in the day to day and just and focused on getting new projects, new clients and all that stuff and in gaining followers and all that stuff. But when you take a minute to realize like how far you've really come, especially within a year. Like I didn't even know that. <laughs> like I was constantly posting for like a year, but that's, it's, it's super important. It's funny. I'm trying to think back of when my, what my website looked like. There's definitely a constant evolution. I think that's something I remember in one of my classes in like the ad graph program was, you know, trying to focus on 
getting our portfolio and everything kind of prepped and primed for people to look at and stuff. And, and it's funny just how constantly you are making changes to it. I always try to look at it from from everyone else's point of view of like, you know, what's the first thing that they see and the first impression because it really is very important. Um, but yeah, I think from the jump, I was I was fortunate enough to have stuff to work on and, and it just it got busier and busier. And, and uh, I've been doing this thing uh, where at the end of every week, I try to do like a really short video log um, of, you know, what I did that week and like what's to come and if it was like a successful or not successful week just to kind of have like an archive of, of just progress really. And just to see like where I started and, and how things are going. And, and, and unfortunately I kind of missed like the last like week or two, just because of how busy things have been, but yeah, just another fun little way to, to keep track of progress. One thing I noticed is that you were very transparent about your journey. You know, I, I noticed on LinkedIn, you were very clear about, you know, building your website and you're always sharing what you're learning and trying out. I was just curious, like what, What's your motivation to do that? Is that, is that just something natural you just like to share the things that you're working on? Or was it, is there that conscious effort of like, I, I should really be, anything I'm trying out, I want to put out there and, and, and show people? Yeah, I think there's a mixture of that. I, I've noticed in the last couple of years how much more transparent like agencies and just creatives in general are being with like their process and and how how human, how human, excuse me, it really is of like, you know, there is no like perfect perfect process to any of this there's no uh you know recipe for any of this it's just kind of like failing forward and and just trying things out and stuff and so i i definitely wanted to, to be a part of that and and just say like i'm not sure exactly what i'm doing a lot of the times but you know i'm gonna put this out there and just see what kind of reactions there are to it if any and you know just hear ideas back from the community too because there are a lot of ideas that people will send me of just like oh this reminds me of this and like you'd be great at doing this and just stuff like that i think is just super valuable to have uh, in your back pocket but yeah i think just the process in general it's more of uh, an archive for me too just to see where I started and uh, and how I got here and just the cringy like funny things that like I made back in the day that that led me to this point too I, I always like to appreciate because it really is just starting somewhere and um, and just seeing how you evolve over time I think is so valuable but yeah I mean that's like it's kind of the short of it <laughs> yeah it sounds like it was a conversation starter yeah yeah I would say so so I'm working with uh, with Kenny from the Roosevelt actually right now um, we're actually just wrapping up a project and and I remember when I first met with him he was showing me something like he he looked through my Instagram and and found something that it was kind of like a catalog almost it's like yeah there's something that you did that I really liked a long time ago and something that I totally forgot about but it was just like on my Instagram and and obviously I do so many different things I like to experiment and just try stuff out and so um so I would have no idea what he's talking about but <laughs> but he it was like some lettering project and uh and from there, we kind of talked about, you know, how to incorporate that into into his project and stuff like that. But that happens so many times. I can I can barely remember specifics of it, but that's the most recent one. But yeah, I think that's kind of the benefit too of like just experimenting and having fun with um, learning new stuff. That's something that I I constantly do because it's hard for me to sit still in one area of focus. Inside tangent, I know that the, that can kind of be a turnoff for some um, like agencies and, and people too. They they like to have specialists typically rather than like generalists. But I think for me, I've I've always tried to like narrow in on something. But design and illustration is kind of the most like specific I could get with stuff. I think there's benefits to being a generalist too, and just um, 
if you do it well, you know, someone can kind of pick that out, <laughs> like a catalog and say like, hey, like I love how, how you did this here and we can go down that avenue. It's interesting to think about the that kind of phenomena of like, if you try to do things for the likes and the clicks, you're not going to get them. But if you just kind of put things out there, then, you know, you might not get the number of likes or clicks you, you want, but you're going to get the likes and clicks you need, you know, and it's going to be the people that will follow up with you or be, be connected to you or support you. Um, so it's so often about quality, not quantity when it comes to yeah, these things. Yeah, I was about to say that. For me, I've noticed a lot more over the years, like when you can tell that someone's posting something for the sake of it being a trend, but you can tell when someone really posts something that is genuinely theirs and, and they cared about it and they, they're just putting out in the world, not really caring what comes of it. I think that's really what gains the most traction over time. When it comes to freelancing, you know, I'll just use freelancing as an example, um, and like owning your own business and stuff that you really are going to get what you put out of it. Um, wait, did I say that right? You really are going to get what you put into it. That's <laughs> what I meant. Um, but yeah, just the amount of work that I feel like I've done in the last year when it comes to like researching and and just getting advice from people and just kind of comparing notes all across the board from people and places all around the world to colleagues that are just down the street from me and just seeing like, okay, where do I fall into the spectrum and how will I do as a freelancer versus all these people that are always busy or people that don't get a lot of work and where am I going to fall in with that? And I really do think that it's just, it's how much attention you want to give to your own personal business and, and what you want to see out of it. And if you don't know necessarily, it, that's fine too. I think um, just kind of going along with what your gut says and, and what you feel like doing too. I think there's a lot of pressure, especially nowadays with like social media and, uh, and having to create work that is very marketable and stuff that's very trendy and, and stuff that you know people will like. But is it stuff that you personally want to make? I think I, that's always been a battle, I think, with a lot of creatives and, and myself, too, where if I post this right now, like, how many likes am I going to get? Like, is it going to get a lot of eyes? Like, is this worth even making and, and stuff like that? And I think that's a very deadly trap to fall into. I mean, it's easy to to say like, oh, I just want to create art for me and I just want to be creative for me, but that doesn't always make money, unfortunately. So trying to find that balance of, you know, still do stuff for you that's going to make you happy and, and just experiment and, and what is going to fill your creative heart and everything, but but also think about it long term and, and how people will perceive that. So I think over time, just finding that balance of stuff that does appeal to the general public, but, you know, and gets attention and, and starts a conversation, but also stuff that you genuinely care about, too. Yeah, you, you mentioned thinking back to things that you learned in, in college, and you have a great um, piece on your website about, like, reflecting on the things that you learned in art school and, and what you really took away from it. And what are some of those things that you, you look back and were really beneficial in, in college and then really beneficial in, in working for other people? Yeah, in college, I would say just having a good grasp on the on the technical side of, of programs. And they were very good about, um, you know, projects and assignments that were very uh, good about us just constantly practicing the programs and, and just it being muscle memory. I remember I would have, I would have dreams of just working in illustrator sometimes like nothing, nothing crazy was happening. It was just me designing an illustrator because of how often um, we were working in it and stuff. But that, that really did, uh, you know, trickle over into the professional world and just being more proficient, being more reliable of, of making something 
um, on the spot and things like that. It's something that's, that's really valuable over time. Um, but also, um, you know, in college, they really, I think from the, from day one, I think CCAD has done a good job of promoting, uh, you know, us being young professionals and just how to carry ourselves professionally, you know, verbally and with our work and everything. And just, just giving, you know, whoever is looking at us a good impression and, um, and planting that seed early on. So then from there, just growing more and more. Yeah, professionalism, that's such a hard thing that is, it's very hard to teach. And it's just something that comes with time and, and just kind of looking at your peers and just learning more about the industry that you want to be into and what their standards of professionalism is too. Just a lot of adapting. And then I would say like in the workplace, there is definitely a lot more social skills that kind of come into play <laughs> and a lot of more like compromising um, and things like that and just learning how to use your time, how to be proficient and just working with other people, especially like even if it's not so much on, you know, tag teaming a project and you have equal roles or anything, but just how to communicate your ideas to someone and being confident in your work, but also knowing how to ask for help. There's, there's definitely that, that artist ego that comes into play sometimes where I know I had it at one point too, of just thinking that I could do everything. I don't need anyone's help. And, you know, if there's something I don't know how to do, I'll learn how to do it. And, and there's still a sense of that too, of just, you know, wanting to have my hands on everything. But there does come a time when, you know, there is someone that could do something better than you and they're willing to help. And, uh, and it can be even better in the long run when you ask for help too. So I think a lot more of the social skills and professionalism come into play, like in the workplace for sure. You know, it's hard to believe that we're like already so well into 2021. I keep thinking of like, <laughs> what, do, what do I want to do this year? And we're already like almost five months in. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. But what what is it? What are you looking forward to, uh, you know, for the rest of 2021? What are some things that you want to work on? I saw one of the later things that you've posted, latest things you've posted is uh, you're getting into live streaming. You're going to dabble in yeah. that area? Yeah, so I, I have all the gear. <laughs> I haven't started doing it yet. It's been something that like I've thought about for a while, and I know I definitely want to do, because um, right now I think it's kind of moving season, so that's kind of like the top focus right now. And, and my boyfriend and I actually um, were planning to move to Phoenix, Arizona and at one point, um, maybe like a month or two from now. Um, so that's kind of like been top of mind and just – just kind of that next chapter and, and seeing where, you know, the design world takes me um, from here in Columbus. I feel like I've done so much here and I've, I've definitely like planted some kind of stake in the ground um, and met so many great people here and connections that, you know, I hope to always carry with me wherever I go. But, um, but yeah, to hopefully establish something like that in Phoenix would be awesome. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, there's, there's always more projects, both personal projects and, um, and client projects coming up that uh, that I'm super excited about and um, and just trying something new and, and seeing where that goes and sounds very vague but <laughs> that really is just what's been uh, well, all up to this point. Yeah, and I mean it, it's it's a unique circumstance, but it, it's a good thing to point out that your top thing to do professionally right this year is probably reestablishing yourself a community, which means you need to build a network and you need to think about you know, uh, learning about who's in that creative community and um, where the needs are and things, which isn't something we think about. We, you know, we think about it at the beginning of our job search, like I need to establish myself and you've done that in Columbus, but it's something we always need to do whenever we transition into a new geographic area or an industry or new job functions. So 
um, it's a good reminder to people that even though you're a couple of years out now, you, you need to kind of do a reset on one important area of your career because you're going to be in a very new and different place. But you also already have a lot of technical skills and work in your portfolio that do you feel confident, you know, moving, you, you don't sound intimidated by the, by a move across the country, um, into a brand new place. Um, and that probably comes from understanding, you, you know, you, you have the the technical skills and, and you have, um, things that people will, will need to use. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely going to be a challenge to it. And I, I've done some research just to see, you know, if there is like a, a CSCA, version of a community out there in Phoenix and and just, you know, what a design community looks like and is that's going to be a challenge in and of, in and of itself. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I find that honestly the most fun part. Um, and, and that's kind of the thing too. It's like there's two sides of the coin where if there really is a, a popping design community out there, um, it'll be easy to kind of like blend into that to meet new people, make new friends. And and connections and stuff like that. But if there isn't, I mean, why isn't there? And and if there isn't one, you know, why not start one? And why not, you know, try and help, you know, other like-minded people to facilitate one? So I think there's all around just opportunity and um, there's just so there's just too many avenues to to keep pushing forward. Um, I don't I don't think that there's any reason to stay in anyone in any kind of like glass ceiling. And I'm just excited to see like what can come of the rest of the year and, um, you know, both personally and professionally. That's a really healthy attitude to think about, you know, you, you don't need to reinvent the wheel if it already exists, but if it doesn't, mm-hmm. you need to build it. And so you're, you're right. prepared for either scenario. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Phoenix is a large, large city. So I'm sure there's mm-hmm. lots and lots of great things going on there. You just need to find out where they are. And that's the same with for Columbus sure. too, you know, when, when students come from outside the central Ohio area, they might at first think like, oh, there's nothing going on in Columbus. And then you start to dig a little bit and you see, oh, there is, there's a lot going on in Columbus. Yeah, there's so much to uncover. It's, it's still crazy to me to think too, of like how I started, uh, you know, coming to CCAD and the friends I made there. And then CCAD did a great job of just, you know, being transparent about what all was out there too, and, and providing the opportunities for us to to go out and explore that if we wanted. And um, and it can, it's just so easy here in Columbus to get wrapped up in, in the community and um, and get excited about stuff because there's just always a lot going on. And it still feels like a hometown. You know, it's, it's a city, but it has a good hometown feeling, which I've always appreciated. Yeah. And we'll look forward to seeing your journey and hearing about your journey because uh, I'm sure you will be writing about it on your website. And once you get live streaming up, I'm sure we'll be able to uh, hear from you as well. So we look forward to that and um, best of luck in your move to Phoenix. Thanks so much for taking some time to chat with us and share your journey because I think it's really great to hear from a young alum. In a short amount of time, you've been able to accomplish so much and um, confidently spin out on your own, which I think is really great and a good inspiration for students coming up behind you. So thanks for sharing. Thank you. Absolutely. key takeaways here, as Audrey says, be human, but also be visible. Share your progress, your passions, your interests, connect with others and interact with them. If you are accessible, people are more likely to come to you for work. Balance your technical skills with understanding how to manage yourself as a business. Learn from the field. 
whether through internships or working for others after graduating. Audrey benefited from being in an agency setting and then a startup, and as with all projects, start small. In our conversation, you heard that as much as Audrey hoped it'd be like flipping a light switch, the move to freelancing was gradual and something built over time. This is a marathon, not a sprint, so prepare accordingly and keep the longer view in focus. At the end of the day, the creative talent and technical things we can do for other people and companies is all supported by one thing alone, a person. That's you. So if you are looking for the first step to getting started on a journey like this, I'd say get connected to your community. Meet people. Talk to them. Talk back. Share back. Be genuine, but be active, and the paths available will show themselves. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.